Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here. He's dying. He's choking. We're all good. I'm just choking a little bit. <laughs> we have so much to go over this week, guys. Um, big news coming out of East Lansing. Obviously, Mark D'Antonio resigns. And now you have a brand new football coach in Mel Tucker out of Colorado. We're going to hit on that at the beginning of the show. And then we're going to go right into another edition of the Merck Zone Mock Draft. A lot of great feedback coming from that. We are your central hub. If you want to know what's going on in the latest mock draft, you want to know where a lot the most experts are predicting that where the Lions go, where hopefully the top 10 or 15 goes, this is the place to be. Do not miss it. We have a mock draft going every single week until the draft. I'm sure these will get shaken up quite a bit after free agency hits here in the next month or so. After that, after the break, we are going to talk NCAA March Madness. I cannot believe it. It's right around the corner. We're going to hit on that. We're going to talk about the top couple seeds as well as the your projected outcomes for your Spartans and Wolverines, respectively. Then we're going to jump to the NBA right after the All-Star break here. We're checking in, seeing who is a playoff contender and who is a playoff pretender. And then we're going to end the show today talking a little bit of wrestling, more specifically around the WWE Network uh, and whether or not they, you know, it's still worth to have it. We're going to tell you why and explain. Um, lots of great stuff to go over today, Mike. So let's just jump right in head first, talk about the biggest news coming out of at least the state here. Um, you know, we're obviously not Michigan State fans, right? We're Wolverine fans. But at the same time, this is big news for anybody. Michigan State, Michigan, even college football, I would say, as a whole. Mark D'Antonio officially retires last week, and now we have a new football coach after, you know, some hit or misses there on the Michigan Mm -hmm. State side. Uh, They lose out on Luke Fickle. Uh, They tried to interview Robert Saleh, the defensive coordinator from San Francisco, um, those both kind of were swinging and misses. Even the guy they wind up hiring, Mel Tucker, the former coach out of Colorado, um, he would even turn them down originally. They kind of swung back around, paid him double the money, and now all of a sudden he's like happy to be a Spartan. Um, just before we talk about the new coach, just give me what what do you think? It, what was your reaction when D'Antonio retired? And then also, what do you think Mark D'Antonio's legacy within Michigan State is? Um, my reaction was. Um like shocked at yeah. the time that he did it right as in um a day before national signing day yeah which is weird which is weird yeah. because you want to at least stay during that time <laughs> and like do it at least a couple of days after make sure you get all the signings before right. you leave yeah um so it was a weird timing i think his legacy will be he was one of the best coaches he's easily the best michigan state coach ever yes absolutely. um absolutely. i think he was in general one of like you go up against Michigan State, either out of conference or in conference, right. and you go, oh, we're playing D'Antonio in state. Not right. an easy there's, out. Yeah, there's always there's, a potential. Right? Yeah, there's they always, always played a, up. Yeah, they always played up to good teams. Yep. Um, bad teams, they, they, you know, they just did their thing. They right. were never they never played down, no. but they weren't always as great against mm-hmm. the bad teams. Yeah. Uh, got upset a few times, but winning the Big Ten in 2013 yep. and uh, playing Alabama in that yeah, the college final football four. four. Listen, they got to the Final Four, right? Yep. You got a Rose Bowl to your name, right? That's Especially in the same Michigan, for whatever reason, that's the, you know, if you're not going to win the national title, you better win the Rose Bowl, Bowl kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I think you, I think he hit a spot on, right? Clearly the best coach ever yeah. to be to coach at Michigan State, right? Um, you know, he's come out and said afterwards that there was there was talk of him coming back this year and retiring after this season. Um, I think that there was a little bit of pressure from the school to kind of be like, listen, dude, you got to make some changes staff wise. And I don't think he really wanted to do that. I think he thought that 
they could pull themselves out of whatever funk they've been in for the past couple years. Um, so clearly they were not happy with his potential trajectory for the team this year. So because of that, I think he just kind of went, all right, I'm done. I'm kind of out. Um, you know, but clearly the best coach Michigan State's ever had. You know, a tremendous run there. I mean, you know, the dominance over Michigan alone is pretty damn impressive. Um, mm-hmm. A couple really big wins over Ohio State, both on the road, you know, um, obviously, when you think D'Antonio, you think great defense. You know what I mean? Clearly. Um, former defense coordinator for Ohio State, obviously. You know, really just, you know, put together one hell of a resume. I don't think he ended the way he wanted to, you know, especially these couple of years. Um, this year, I, we, we went into the season thinking that defense was going to be right up to the top of the league, and, and it wasn't, you know, injuries and the fact that the offense couldn't stay on the field for more than five minutes at a time, you know. Um, but clearly one of the best coaches, you know, in Michigan State history, I don't think he'll ever be forgotten. And I think Michigan State fans, for as much maybe uncertainty and anger you may have at him for not making staff changes, you also have to go back and you have to really understand where your program was before Merrick D'Antonio. And, you know, whether it's whether right now it's at its peak or not, the fact that you guys reached a level that you did it is something to really be admired and appreciated. So really need to look back on that. Um, let's talk about the new guy, though. Mel Tucker, Colorado, um, former head coach. I think he went 5-7 and seven last year. He um, he's a graduate assistant at one point at Michigan State. He's coached at Ohio State before. He coached under Nick Saban. Um, there's a lot of good things I'm hearing about him. He's a great recruiter. I think he got, like, the – 35th ranked um, recruiting class this past year for Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's Colorado. Um, what Your thoughts on him getting the nod, especially after Luke Fickle, who we all kind of presumed was going to be their number one choice, kind of said, I'm going to stay at Cincinnati. Um, thoughts on the higher, you know, good move, okay move, kind of a fail-safe? Yeah. Um, I don't love the move, yeah. and I think that when you have a team – you should get the head coach that's opposite of your strength. Mm-hmm. And so State goes, okay, our strength is defense. Right. So I think that you should have gotten an offensive mining coach yep. to help that side of the ball right. because you can keep that defense strong right. with your with hiring a good DC or right. keeping your DC, right. whichever one you want to choose. Keep that defense strong. And then you can get you can be the offensive guy that really help the offense go up, right? And especially because it's transcending into an offensive style league right. where you have teams like Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama who can put up fifty points easily. Yeah, I mean, at any or time, Oklahoma, at any time, or whatever. Right. The top ten teams in the league all can put up fifty plus points, and you're down here. You're like, all right, we're gonna try to play. Yeah, we're gonna try ground and pound. And we've seen even team, you know Michigan this yeah. year, right? Made the change. They hired Josh Gaddis, and they said, all right, we can't. Keep up. Yeah. So we have to be able to put more to points up. Score. Yeah. Right. So I just think that it was almost a, a bad call to get a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. Even though I do like the recruiting, um, I do like that he has a lot of past experience. And yeah, especially in the Big Ten, in right? The Big Ten and stuff. Yep. But I just think that, like, when you look at the team and you go, okay, like I think the Lions, you know, you look at you went nine and seven, and you're like, our offense is good. We just need to get that defense up. That's where you get a defensive guy to help right. that side. No. I think that you should get, well, yeah. you, <laughs> right, theoretically, right? Yeah. Like, you go, one okay, more year. <laughs> everyone's praising this defense, and yeah. the problem is the offense can't score more than 10 points in the game. Yes. But then yes. you're like, all right, but we're going to get a defense guy to really help right. out our defense. Especially because Lewerke's gone. So you got a new quarterback yeah. now this year, right? Well, I'm assuming it's not going to be that Rocky McIntosh guy or whatever. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like Lombardi. Yeah, but maybe. But, you know, so Lombardi. somebody who you can you can go, okay, let's 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 groom a guy. Yeah. Right? I, I don't think that's bad. I think, too, I think the perception of missing out on your top target, this hire feels to me a lot like uh, when Brady Hoke got hired. Mm-hmm. It's because when Brady Hoke got hired, he was not the top choice. The top choice was Jim Hart. Harbaugh, yeah. but Harbaugh went to San Francisco. So 
it was kind of one of those things where Michigan at the time went, we're going to try what we can to go get Jim Harbaugh. He's leaving Stanford. He's the hottest coach out there. We want to bring him back. And he went to the, he went to the NFL. I feel like in this case, Michigan State kind of botched this hiring process where I think everybody thought Luke Fickle was the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing great things in Cincinnati right now. Former Ohio State head coach and assistant coach. You know, he, he coached in Michigan State at one point. Everyone thought... All right, this is the layup, easy gut, yeah. right? You know what I mean? And then when they couldn't get that, this feels like they had to backtrack a little bit. And when you hear all these names saying no, 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 and then now you hire this guy, you're like, okay. Like, yeah. I, I understand from a Michigan State perspective how it can be very hard to be excited about a guy who, clear, who A, once turned you down one time, and then, two, you, you hear the other names, you know, and you go, wow, we could have gotten him, mm-hmm. and they turned us down. What does that say about the state of the program? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I understand their their reservations. You know, listen, you had Mark D'Antonio for a great run here, but before that, I can you know John L. Smith. That's a rough go. You had a lot of good. You had a lot of really bad head coaches here. You know, even Nick Saban didn't do a whole lot here at Michigan State. So. You know, time will tell, obviously, to see where you get. You're going to be able to recruit. I think that's the one thing. You're going to be able to recruit better than I think D'Antonio did. Um, you know, do I think it's going to be a rough couple years, maybe? Uh, especially if they don't have a quarterback or, you know, some star player to kind of go out there. I don't think the defense is going to be anything spectacular. Um, but it's going to be some rebuilding, I think, for mm-hmm. Michigan State. I think you just got to be patient with it and kind of embrace the rebuild and then hope, you know, in a couple years from now, we'll be talking about, wow, remember that time we thought Luke Fickle was mm-hmm. the greatest coach ever? And. You know, we'll see where it goes. But interesting hire nonetheless. You know, I, I don't think any Michigan State fan is necessarily excited, but got to let it see where it plays out, right? You could be, it could be a lot worse, I'll tell you that, because, be. you know what I mean? <laughs> they really, really could be. Um, all right, let's shift now from the college game for a second. Let's go to the pros. Let's talk Merck Zone mock draft. Now, Mike, you were looking at this mock draft before we went on air, <laughs> and you immediately flipped your lid, and then I asked you what was going on. You would not tell me. So yes. that makes me extremely nervous for a lot of reasons. So yes. let's just go and jump right in. Is there any shock at one? One or two. There is. Okay. And well, all right then. Well, that's where oh you boy. might get the heart attack okay. a little bit. Oh boy. All right. So number one, I'm assuming is the same. Yes. yes. There's nobody's trading out of that no. spot, right? Okay. Okay. So what happens? That, oh, this is also from Walter Football. Walter they updated Football. yesterday. So okay. Cool. I said, Pretty up to date. Yes. So at number two, um, Miami trades up with with, with Washington. With Washington. Do we do we have compensation at all in so this? So they're gonna trade. So they swap picks. Right. So all right. So Washington gets five. They get one of their. It looks like their twenty one pick. Twenty first overall. Yeah. Okay. And um, a third round. Okay. In this year, and yep. then next year's third round also. That's a that's pretty nice haul, honestly. Yeah. They got and the reasoning. So they have a long reasoning, but basically, yeah. after reading it, yeah. they think that if they trade at three. There still could be a team that wants him more right, to trade up hop, at two all right, and, and even hop, hop the Lions. So then yeah. they give up all these assets and everything. To and they the don't Lions even get their guy. And don't get their guy. So right. they're going to two, knowing that their number one's probably going to be Burrow. Mm-hmm. That they can guarantee that they'll get their guy at two. Right now, now, now the it. combine is coming up quick yes. here, right? And I'm extremely excited about it. We'll talk about that when the time comes. But in your opinion, is there any? Because you're my you're my quarterback guy, right? Yes. So. Is there any way at all, and I probably asked this before, is there any chance that Miami falls in love with Herbert 
over Tua in any chance. Because I feel like that's the only way this bites the lines in the butt a little bit is that for whatever reason, like, they, they fall in love with Herbert and then they go, okay, what's wrong with Tua? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I one of those cases where he kind of falls like Haskins did last year. I don't believe so, and I only say it because I don't yeah. think Herbert is, is as mobile yeah. as Tua is. Right. I think you really like... His precision passing, I think he passes better than Herbert, mm-hmm. and I think he's more athletic, even right. though he does have more injury mm-hmm. problems. I think he's more athletic than Herbert. Mm-hmm. So I think like I think if, you're giving, if you're giving Herbert like a B or B plus in a right. combine with his stuff, you're just giving uh, to a, like an A minus, right? Because he just does everything just that much better, better right. than Herbert. Where I think that you would take him, and I think it benefits the fact that Mahomes won the Super Bowl this year, yes. right? And you see a guy who plays a similar style, who likes to, who doesn't do most of his damage in the pocket. He rolls and then he chucks a deep yeah. bomb. Same thing with like Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson had a great had a great year this year. Aaron Rodgers does a lot of damage, you know, out of the pocket, right? Yes. You don't see very many true pocket passers coming out anymore, number one, and number two, having the success anymore, right? Like, I think Jake Fromm is a more pocket guy, yes, right? Yes. So, and I think that's why, you know, unless he's got elite arm strength, I don't think he goes as high as, you know, maybe people yeah. thought maybe See, originally. Yeah, because you could argue, okay, maybe Jake Fromm might have maybe a better arm than Justin Herbert if you right. want to argue. Or right, but if you're standing there, right. you're, you're, you're already losing yeah. half the stuff the other quarterbacks have yep. where Herbert can move, and that's right. why, okay. That's, well, you got Herbert, a guy like Josh Allen. He's a perfect yeah. example. Did not have the best arm, right, as far as accuracy. He could throw it a mile, yeah. but couldn't hit, you know, couldn't Hard, hit, yeah. you know, couldn't hit a pool. You know, but he's an athletic freak, right? Who can run people over? Cam Newton, another yeah. guy, very similar build, right? You don't see many Brady's, Peyton Manning's, Drew Guys Brees's anymore. anymore. Yes. It's not the way of the NFL. It's not the way of college yeah. either. So, all right, so sorry. That, so that's right. why that's why I would take Tua, right? And that's why so, they're jumping, right? To so two. all right, this is good news then for the Lions, right? Because now you have all four top prospects available at yes. your at your point, right? Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, Derek Brown, or Isaiah. Isaiah Simmons. So I'm assuming then this is a layup. The Lions are running up to the to the podium, to the podium and they to take, take Chase Young. Young at number three. Now that now that's fantastic, right? If Chase Young's your guy, if everyone thinks Chase Young is the best prospect, that especially non-quarterback prospect, this is a great scenario. I know a lot of people have come out and said, you know, they would love the trade back. I'd love the trade back too. But if you think this guy is a transformative player. For your defense, right, and you put him on the opposite side of Trey Flowers, and you think that he can then command a double team, which frees everybody else up, and you maybe don't have to rush eight, eight or nine guys, and you can rush four and be effective. Then you need to take this guy. Is yes. there for you any drawback whatsoever on not list? Because I think personally, if Chase Young's there, I think they bleed the clock and then they take him anyway. Yes. But is there any is there any case outside of 17 first round picks that you do not take Chase Young here at 3 and say you trade down with say Los Angeles and, I mean, and maybe I would, the Chargers try and trade would, because they I freak would, out I would definitely trade down um for multiple reasons I think I want I think it would be hard cuz I think Washington, if Chase Young is there yeah, if Chase, if Chase Young is there. there I think it's I think it's hard to not do it because if it doesn't, that's one of those big risks where if it right. doesn't, if work, you trade out of that, and you had this guy in your pocket, and you're just like, no, because that's one of those <laughs> screenshots three years later where you go, wow, you sat here and had yeah. Chase Young at three, and didn't take it's him. Aaron Donald all over yeah, again. It's exactly, exactly it's what, what it is. is. Yeah. So at that point, I wouldn't just so you take the guy that everyone thinks is the guy. So even if he doesn't work out, you go listen. We 
And he's we, and, let, and let's be fair, right? He's you know gonna I mean? he's gonna he's gonna run fast. He's yeah. gonna be strong. He's gonna do everything. He's six five two sixty five. He's like, gonna he's a, he's a genetic freak, right? He's gonna go out there and do exactly what Bosa did last year, where he's just gonna blow the combat out. I think there's a, several people, especially in the and the defensive side of the ball, outside of Burrow, right? And if Tua checks out medically, I think you know him, Simmons, you know, I think Okuda. I think they're just gonna talk. You know, you're gonna hear these words like, "Oh, look at his hips. His hips are so smooth." All these kinds of buzzwords that you hear around the combine. Everybody that we're talking about is going to grade out phenomenal mm-hmm. at the combine unless somebody gets hurt. So I'm not worried about that. But, you know, this dude's a specimen, clearly. Yes. I mean, he was a dominant force. He was in the running to be the, the Heisman winner. That's how dominant of a player he is. You know, I, I don't you know, I don't think anybody's going to be mad about them taking him. But no. it, it does beg the question, though, if he does fall and say you don't take him – is it one of those scenarios where, like, all right, well, let's see how far he falls? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you never know. You, you yeah. truly you truly never know. All right, let's continue. So, Lions take Chase Young. All right, so I'm assuming the Giants then are super thrilled at four because now they've got well, everybody. The yeah, they can take anybody. They end up taking an offensive tackle, uh, Jedrick Willis out of Alabama. Okay. Best available yeah. to really help out that offensive line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were very open. And now Washington's an interesting spot because they need a defensive guy. Yeah. But they also would be where the Lions would be if they trade down, where right. you have Okuda, Okuda. Simmons, and yeah. whoever. But I they take they, Jeff Okuda at number five. They do. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now we we just heard Josh Norman got released, right? Mm-hmm. God, I'm so excited for free agency. I can't even tell you. But um, Okuda a lot makes a lot of sense there. I thought another guy. Uh, Derek Brown doesn't fit that for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Chase Young going to Washington is the only defensive lineman they take this high. You look at how much investment they already have in the D line, right? You have a lot of first round picks on that yeah. on that D line right now. Um, I think uh, it was a Deron Payne. They've got another guy too there, and then you know you got Kerrigan still. Um, you got pieces there mm-hmm. on the defensive line. Montez Sweat. Uh, but in this case, right, I don't think Derek Brown fits. It wouldn't shock me to see if this were the way the situation plays out. Isaiah Simmons goes there, yeah. honestly, just because he's a playmaker, right? Mm-hmm. But that cornerback position right now is especially thin. So that's a, that's a solid pick for them. And, I, you know, the Chargers have got to be thrilled. A lot of teams, man, the top of this draft, man, if you like some of these guys that we're talking about, you've got to be outright giddy mm-hmm. at like seven or eight. You got to be really happy. Yeah. Uh, number six, the Chargers stay. Pick Justin Herbert, right. quarterback out of Oregon. That's probably a, one of their better scenarios. Honestly, is yeah. that they don't have to give up any assets yeah. and you still get their quarterback for yeah. the future. Uh, number seven, Carolina Par- Panthers take Derek Brown, They're thrilled. defense tackle out of Auburn. Absolutely thrilled with that. I think this situation just makes the top ten. Everyone's just like, thank God, thank God, yeah. thank God. Yeah, seriously, like, because you're out. just like, you, I bet everyone's got the same four or five guys, yeah. and they go. Somebody take a quarterback. Somebody take a quarterback, quarterback because yeah. it just drops everybody down one extra spot. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Arizona takes Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Ooh. Help out with that offensive line a little. Ooh. Uh, Jacksonville takes oh my gosh. Jerry Judy out of Alabama. Oh, oh my gosh. So Simmons, who's at 10? The Browns. The Browns are at 10. Yes. Right? The Browns could potentially get the best athlete in the draft. At number 10. 10. And they don't. And they don't even take him, right? They, they get Mekki back to an offensive tackle at Louisville. Wow. All right, so hold on. Just pause real quick. Three offensive tackles within the top 10, right? Yes. If you are a top 10 team, now I get Cleveland has offensive line issues, clearly. A lot of them. A lot of them, right? But just think about that for a second. Is that a year on the top 10, and I am pissed if I'm a Cleveland Brown fan, because unless you are absolutely certain that that is the number one tackle in the draft, you have now taken the third, quote-unquote, best tackle, right? 
and you had the top you had a top 10 pick and you took the third best guy on a on a potential draft board yeah. that is scary and frustrating yeah. well you're going to hate this anymore cuz the jets at number 11 take Tristan Wilkes offensive tackle out of <laughs> Iowa yeah. no see that the jets would be a team that I could see maybe not taking Simmons only because they have C.J. Mosley. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? So that that in itself. But if I'm the Jets, you know what I'm taking? I'm taking a wide receiver. Yeah. I'm taking a playmaker. Yeah, I'm taking I'll somebody. Or oh, something. my gosh. And then number 12, Las Vegas Raiders pick Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, see, that, and that's an easy layup, right? Especially yeah. if if you are if you think Derek Carr can still be your guy. You invested a lot of money. I'm guessing they're going to go after wide out at some point during the uh, free agency, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, but if you think Gruden can make, you know, potato salad out of crap then you obviously i think the fact that he goes 12 is mind-boggling yeah. there you know and i think honestly if you saw that i would not shock me to see a team maybe trade down a little bit i think the jets would be a perfect team to trade down still get a playmaker and get a couple more picks and then somebody trades up i would not be shocked to see a team like new england make a move like that especially yeah. if they sign a wide receiver to in free agency to go you know what we'll give you our one and our four to move our one and three because they're, they're not super far back in no. the draft this year they lost in the wild card round they could easily make that jump 10 picks give up a third and go get isaiah simmons to fill the jamie collins and as another dante hightower mm-hmm. i mean that seems like a pretty freaking layup to me you know what yeah. I mean? And here's just another 19 Las Vegas Raiders pick C.D. Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Right, exactly. Can yeah. we just talk about how the Raiders the last two years, if this like right. theoretically would have happened, have like the two best first rounds ever? Right, yeah. I mean, honestly, it, the Cleveland Farrell thing is still yet to be determined, right? Mm-hmm. That one was a little bit of a shock that gave Lions fans hope that they possibly could have got Josh Allen. But with that being said, um, it was extremely interesting to see you know how that how that kind of fared. So yeah. extremely interesting, great mock draft, Mike. As always. Um, all right, let's go to the break here. After the break, we're gonna talk uh, NCAA March Madness is right around the corner. We're gonna talk NBA playoffs, and of course, we're gonna talk about the WWE Network because we haven't talked about it in a while. So mm-hmm. let's get our venting session caps right on tack. All right, all that after the break. Stick around. And welcome back to part two of episode what sixty four. I think we're on now. It is Something time like is flying when you're having fun. Uh, we had to cut off there just for a little bit, uh, just based off of the fact that you know we're running out of time on our on our video camera there as we post this on YouTube every Wednesday. But Mike, real quick before we go to the NCAA March Madness, who do the Lions take in round two? I just I'm just curious about that. I cut you off a little bit on that. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, they, t- <laughs> they took uh, J.K. Dobbins, so running Ooh. back out of. Ohio State. Do they do they kind of elaborate at all on on the rationale behind the pick? Do they just think that carry on can't yeah, stay just, healthy? Yeah, or? they they have uh, there's like the injury worries, yeah. and all good teams have like a two back system, so mm-hmm. they think that having that second receiving back while carry on's the power back could be a nice one two punch oh, for them. Boy, I I'm not gonna lie to you guys, man. I am not a high purveyor of of you know a lot of resources into the running back room. However, Dobbins, to me, is a complete back. So if that were to be the case, I'm not going to lie. I I would not be shocked to see a team maybe do something to get him in the late part of the first round, right? He's I really I think he's the best running back in the draft in my opinion, right? I know a lot of people like Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, but to me, I just I, I don't see I don't see that being um being a thing. So I, I think that I, I definitely like Dobbins. I you know, will people be thrilled with taking another running back in the second round? I don't know, but um I think it'll be extremely, extremely exciting to see that come in. If, if that's the pick, it's Chase Young and J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Woo! 
Yeah, you know, it's a hard time, you know, convincing somebody else. All right, let's go right into now. Let's go to March Madness here. You know, we are right around the corner as of this recording. Right by the time you guys are hearing this, the seventeenth of January. We're already halfway through Jan or February. I mean, I mean, it is absolutely crazy that March Madness is literally two weeks away. Mike, um, let's just go through here. We we have the projected rankings, right? This is kind of the first time we've seen this come out. You know, we're right here. It's kind of pretty much, I would say, pretty close to what we're going to see in the actual bracket. Yeah, it won't change too, too much, yeah. I don't think. Okay, so let's just go through each region. Just give me the first four teams, I would say, probably. Is that oh, yeah. fair? And then we'll talk, you know, you know, pretenders and stuff like that. And then we'll hit on Michigan State and uh, Michigan. Yep, so um, in the South Division, yeah. right now, they have the number one seed as Baylor, who is the number one team in college basketball right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maryland would be a two seed. Uh, Florida State would be a three seed, and Kentucky would be a four seed. Okay, okay. And in here, Ohio State as a Big Ten team would be an eight seed. Okay. Yeah, you know, what's crazy is that we talked about, you know, Ohio State was on such a, um, is such a a weird team. The whole Big Ten, right? Because at all at one point or another, like Michigan was, you know, top two, right? Ohio State was number two at one point. Maryland now is right up there, you yeah, know? Yeah, so, nine. you know, I mean, so you see, you know, Michigan State was the number one team in the country. A lot of a lot of craziness going on in the Big Ten right now. Let's jump to another, let's yeah. jump to the next side. So, we're in the East Division. San Diego State at 25-0 and 0 would sit at the number Ooh. one seed here. We have Duke at number two. Who would have saw that one coming? I San know. Diego State, crazy. It's Satan Hall is at number three, and Penn State rounds out at number four. Mm-hmm. And we have Michigan at number eight from the Big Ten, and Iowa's at number six. All right, so we're at eight seed Michigan is right now. Yeah. And San Diego State, though, man, like, yeah. what a weird, like, I don't think anybody had that call going in. Yeah. So talk about it. I mean, they're undefeated right now, too, which is crazy. Um, all right, let's go to the next side. All right, uh, number one seed in the Midwest would be Kansas right now. Okay. You have Dayton at number two. You have... Auburn at number three and Villanova at number four. Okay. And some Big Ten teams. Uh, Nova really bounced back, huh? Villanova really did bounce back. Uh, uh, Illinois would be sitting at number seven, and my Oregon Ducks would be sitting at number five. (laughs) Your Oregon Ducks. I love the Oregon Ducks. (laughs) I don't know. Is it just because for basketball, too, is it the uniforms? I just like Oregon in general. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah, weird. Weird, weird, weird. But all right, let's keep going. And yep. then what do we got? The West left? And then the West would be left. Gonzaga sits at the number one seed here. Yeah. Uh, Louisville would be a number two seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Virginia would be a number three seed. And Butler would be a number four seed with Michigan State as a five. And Rutgers would be an eight seed. Ooh, all right. Lots of lots to unpack here. Um, just going over the top four, right, on each side, right? So you got Kansas. You've got Gonzaga. You've got San Diego State. And you've got... Um, What's the last Kansas? one? Kansas. No, I said Kansas. Kansas, Gonzaga. Oh, Baylor. 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 I'm sorry. How did I figure the number one team in the country, right? Out of those four teams, is there a team that if you had to say, yep, if a number one's going all the way, what's the team to you that you're most confident taking all the way through? Um, By the way, we're going to do a whole March Madness episode, just so you guys know, a whole quick hitter. We did it last year, too. Where we basically make a bracket. We kind of pick each individual game and crown a national champion. So be stay tuned for that. Yep. Um, I would I would take as a betting man I yeah. would take um, Gonzaga yeah. out of the West Division to yeah. go us to go the farthest. I think their path to get there would be the easiest. Mm-hmm. You'd go through the 16 seed. You'd probably have to go through like a Rutgers or Oklahoma. Yeah. Eventually, maybe get Louisville or Michigan State. Yeah. But I think those are all very winnable games that you yeah. can get through. Yeah. Um, San Diego State to me. Um, I don't know. They don't really have that top tier. As great as as great a story as it is, especially now. Say they go undefeated the rest of the way. 
it's om- I'd almost rather them lose. Yeah. Because yeah, then you're just like out. you're like, dude, like you got to go play perfect now again for yeah. the rest of this time. That's scary to me. Is there a t- I, honestly? I think another team too that I always have a hard time believing gets the job done is Kansas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because they're always ranked high, right? Bill Self, you know, they've won the national championship before. But I just, for me, they're always the team that gets to the elite eight, right? And then they blow it in some way, shape, or form, right? They're always a dominant regular season team, but it just seems like they never have enough to truly get them over the hump. hump, You know what I mean? I I don't know what it is about March time, but it just doesn't feel like they ever can get the job done. I think Baylor's also a very solid. Yeah. They'll play whoever they play as a 16, Mm -hmm. maybe Ohio State. Maybe like a Colorado or something, but right. they have a relatively nice yeah, road to get right. to the end too. Absolutely, absolutely so. for sure. We're not going to go over Final Fours or anything just yet. We basically want to give you guys just an outline of what we're seeing. Like I said, we're going to do a whole episode just on March Madness. Yeah. It's Mike is is a bracket guy, so you know yes. we're going to break down you know all those matchups, one versus sixteen, all the way through to the national championship. Let's just talk real quick about Michigan, Michigan State, and then we'll move on to the NBA playoffs here. Um, you know, Michigan an eight seed right now. What is their what do you think their ceiling is? We talked at the beginning of the year about how both Michigan and Michigan State at the time they both look really good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Stay at one point number one team in the country. Michigan gets a big couple wins over Gonzaga, mm-hmm. right? Um and you know, they were at one point the number two team in the country. Four, four right? Is that what it was? Um so I mean you see it and you go, all right, and now they've kind of both fallen, they're not even ranked mm-hmm. anymore. Michigan just getting a win over Michigan State, so they split that season series. Um, thoughts on on Michigan first, Jawan Howard's first year. A lot of people didn't even think they would even make the tournament. You know, I think they're going to be in it. But what, in your opinion, is their ceiling if you had one? Um, I think they probably get out, especially where they're put right now. Probably the round of thirty-two, mm-hmm. uh, playing the number one seed after the first set of games. Yeah, I don't think tough, they have enough firepower to get tough out of draw. there. To get out of there, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd go round of thirty-two for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's Not hard much. with the eight, right? If they could get to like the seven, even yeah. you know what I mean. I think seven they'd have or six. Or yeah, something. I think you'd have just a little bit easier of a road getting a little Not bit even farther. That. You can you can even go down and go to like ten and eleven and right. play the fives, right? Exactly. Then the next games you're playing fours instead of playing the one and twos. Yes. So almost yes. like the eight and nine is almost like a dead spot where yeah. you're like, oh yeah, you're gonna play the nine seed and then the one seed, and you're right. like, well, you're like oh, great. great, yeah, thanks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No, that's, that's not the best spot to be in. <laughs> right, for sure. Now let's talk Spartans. They're fit. They're ranked five right now, right yes. in the, in their side. Um, you know what is their? You know Cassius Winston, Tom Izzo, March. It's it's a match made in heaven. It really is, yeah. right? Um, you know what is their ceiling for you? Because you know this is a team that everybody thought maybe this was another team that Izzo could finally get that mm-hmm. all elusive second title with. We haven't seen that, right? You know, you thought with Winston being here that that would be a guy. This would be a team where you just go, okay, cool. Yeah. But we haven't seen it, and we we're continuing to see ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of this team. You know, even with Izzo Magic, are, are they a team that they could make that surprise run like they did a few years ago when no one thought it was going to be a case? Or is this another case of Sweet Sixteen and out? I think it's about Elite Eight now. Okay. Uh, I don't see... I think you can ride Cash Swinson so far, yeah. but only having one primary guide to be your scorer can only get you so far. Yeah. I think you saw that kind of with Duke, where you really entrusted Zion and R.J. Barrett 
right. to really kind of get you somewhere. Right. And that can get you to Elite Eight, Final Four. But then once you get there, it goes, okay, now you need the more complete team. Right. And I don't yeah. think they have I need, I need this team. other guy that maybe they're not accounting for to have a 20-point game. Yeah, and I don't <clears> think <throat> State has that other guy yet. Yes. Um, I just think it's like Cassius can put up 30 and the whole team together can play well. Mm-hmm. But that can only get you to about the Elite Eight. Then right. when you have to play Gonzaga mm-hmm. or you have to play... Kansas or something yeah. with multiple right. Cassius Winston's. I right. don't know how they're going to get through that. Yeah, exactly. So about the eight. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and you know, once again, it's one of those things to where you know it, it, you never can count them out, right? You know, Izzo is is who he is for a reason. But man, is it a? It's a tough, tough draw uh, for them. All right, let's shift now from college. Let's go to the pros. We're talking NBA NBA All Star Game this weekend. You know, had a lot of good fun there. Three point contest, dunk contest, all good times. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the All Star Game went to three thousand to three thousand and one was the final score. Probably. Um, but let's talk now. Let's talk contenders and pretenders here. We're we're at a point now. You know, unlike a lot of other sports, you kind of see um, in the NBA where you kind of get a feel like, all right, th- you know, like these teams are legitimately in a chase, right? In, in very few sports, you really get a, like, all right, we get a whole reset of the league here for a second. You can take a whole view and go, all right, who's in it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The NFL is hard with all the different bye weeks. This is a clear cut, like, all right, we all have a week off. Let's go and let's take a true evaluation of the league. And... You know, Mike, in your opinion, how many teams, especially in the top halves of each conference, do you think legitimately have a chance to make an NBA Finals run? Not maybe not necessarily an NBA championship, right? Yeah. But just an NBA Finals run. I think there's about five. Five teams, right? And, five, and now maybe six. And what's crazy about that, right, is we talked about even at the very beginning of the NBA season where you go, wow, there is a lot of talent spread across a lot of different teams. However, what that has also led to is that you have a couple teams now, Milwaukee, LA, LA, um, where you kind of go, all right, these teams just have a little, like a lot more talent. You know what I mean? Especially are, are top heavy on their on their rosters. What teams for you are, are, are in that five or six range? Yep. So in the East, you ride with Milwaukee, who I think is the front runner favorite oh, yeah. in the East. Absolutely. I think you can put Boston in there. Mm-hmm. I think you have Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker. Uh, Enos Cantor's a nice big. Yeah. I think you have enough pieces to maybe do an upset in a couple rounds mm-hmm. and maybe fight Milwaukee. And if you can get there, coaching. you can have a good coaching yeah. um, versus them mm-hmm. and have a good time. And possibly Philadelphia, because okay. I think Philadelphia has the best starting unit right. when they're all playing together right. and in unison. Yeah, f- and they're the fifth seed right now, which is crazy. Yeah. I think because when you look at Simmons, Embiid, Tobias Harris, yeah. Josh Richardson, like... Yeah. Al Horford. Uh, Al Horford. Yeah. Like, that is a starting five where you go, where's your weakness? Right. Really. Besides right. Ben Simmons shooting, yeah. um, you don't really have... And if he's playing point... Yeah, and if he's playing point guard people. and he's yeah. passing around the ball to other yeah. people, it's like, who do you not guard? Right. You know what I mean? So right. you don't have, like, if you have one bad defender on your team, mm-hmm. like, if you're Miami, you're like, oh, our right. shooting guard's not the best defender... Right, you would have to play. Right, so absolutely. I think those are the three guys, the three teams in the East, and then my three teams in the West would be the Lakers, yep. the Clippers, yep. and uh, the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, which is kind of crazy, right? Because yes. Denver is still a team that nobody is talking about. No. Even now, they're the number two seed in the West, right? They're above the Clippers yep. even, and nobody's talking about them. You mm-hmm. can't. I bet people can't name three people on the Denver Nuggets. Right now, probably not. You know what I mean. So, and that's how uh, that's how low key they have been. Yeah. Um, are they a Western Conference, or are they? Are do you think they could actually pull off an upset and get there? Because that that would mean at some point they would they could possibly play both LA teams theoretically. Yes. 
I mean, uh, the, I don't. Now I'm not wolf. saying I don't. I don't know if yeah. we'll get through them. Yeah. I think if you talk, I don't think anyone in the West has a can beat the Clippers or the Lakers. Yeah, outside other of than, each other. Other, well, outside of each other, and maybe yeah. Denver. I right. think Denver can upset mm-hmm. um, one of the two, or right. even both. Right. But the bottom five teams, I don't like. I think right. Like Lakers play Memphis. Okay, Dallas mm-hmm. plays Denver. Yep. And the Clippers play OKC. I think those are all. You already right. know what's going to happen and stuff. Exactly. But those are the only three teams in the West. And, right. I, and I really do think it's uh, the L.A. chase to get there. But I think if you're going to add a third team, I think Denver is a team that you could talk right. about to get there. Right. If, if you had to pick, right, let's just say who comes out of the East, who comes out of the West, if you had to pick right now, okay. who are the two teams? Is it Milwaukee by a runaway? Or do you think that they, do they face some more adversity than they probably did I mean, obviously Toronto had the upset last year, yeah. right? But Toronto, I don't think gets there this year. I just whatever. I don't think they have enough. No, Toronto is probably a semifinal out. I think mm-hmm. you can get through Brooklyn, but I think you you get stopped after that. Mm-hmm. I think Milwaukee can get troubled by a Boston because you can get out coached, or Philadelphia because you can get outmanned. Yeah. Um, I think the Bucks are in a perfect spot where, especially when you play the East, they're so much better than the bottom. Uh, 12 teams in the East. Oh, that And you play them four times. Yeah. So that's 50 wins right there. <laughs> and then you play the bottom teams of the West right. twice. So you could get to 60 wins just by... And you don't even have to beat a top 10 right. team there. Right. So right. I think I think you could just roll through that. But I think they can have matchup troubles with Philly and coaching troubles with Boston. Mm-hmm. But I do think that they can get through them. Yeah. But it's not going to be sweet, sweet, sweet finals. Right. I think, it, I think you know, Boston can take them five or six, and Philly can take them six right. also. Do you think, just real quick, just to kind of harbor on Philly, just for a second here, do you think this is like a make-or-break year for Philadelphia, just a little bit? Just, and the only reason why I say this is because you went through so many years of just being awful, yeah. right? And, like, you really embraced the tank to get to where you're at now, right? But... You got a lot of resources, invest in a lot of guys, you know what I mean? And I feel like th- they've underachieved a little bit, you yeah. know, for what they have. I mean, how many more years do you think that people can go, oh, yeah, Philadelphia's not – like, it's now to the point where it's like you kind of – at some point, you better be favorites yeah. to win this thing. I think and, and I don't think they – they're not still. I think after this year, if they don't win or yeah. go very far to right. like Easter Conference playoff, I think you could probably get rid of Indeed or Simmons, yeah. whichever one you don't like more. Right. And I think that really hampers – the team a lot, so yeah. I think I think this is their make yeah. or break year yeah. because there've been trade rumors yeah. that Joel Embiid go to Miami right. and stuff, and Ben Simmons going somewhere else. Like this yeah. could really break up their core. Right, exactly. So. And you've got a lot of money to best advice Harris. You signed Al Horford. Like you signed these guys, and you're like, man. At some point, it's got to come together, yeah. right? And, and and it really has. And I think their coach gets fired if, if they don't if they don't make a run. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, last year they got didn't they get upset last year? No, they they Did lost they... to the Raptors in seven because no, of that oh, four, the right, four bounce. Right? Yeah, I got you. Right, right, right. So, but still, it, it, to me, it just goes. You know, at some point, it's got to yeah. come together. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? It, it's like my goodness. It's kind of like the Dodgers for me in baseball. It's like you get all this talent, payrolls through the roof. You make it the World Series a couple times, you just can't get the job yeah, done. You just gotta, you just gotta just, do it. Just get it done at yeah. this point. Um, are is are the Lakers still the front runner for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they just need to cut a couple guys out of the rotation, and that's gonna come <laughs> down the line. <laughs> just need to stop playing some of you. <laughs> no, like I think there is. I get it. Like yeah. like Rondo, I don't think should see the floor Ever. at all. <laughs> And, and I think it's because early in the season, you're doing 10 nine-man rotations to keep everyone kind fresh. of healthy and fresh. Yeah. But once you get close to the playoffs, you're going to have an eight-man rotation 
with. I'm dying over. I just feel because you're just like they're gonna do a lot better if they stop playing some of you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, can you imagine having that conversation? Like Frank Vogel goes in. Listen, Rondo, I really appreciate what you did. We're gonna stop playing you though for like the next month and a half. Sound good? Cool. Cool. Don't say anything. All you're there for yeah. is to pass out drinks and to give high fives. Yes. <laughs> Listen, the, their core eight that they're going to work off of oh with Avery Bradley, Danny Green, LeBron, um, Anthony Davis, and JaVale McGee yeah. with Dwight Howard, Kuzma, and uh, Caruso coming off the bench with KCP even. Yeah. That's a very solid eight or nine guys that you're going to go with. Caruso's taking your spot, just so you know. Yeah. Al Truce is very good I, I right know, now. It it's, it, it's insane. It just, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, I think the Clippers, their only trouble that they're having is none of them are healthy. I know. Ever. Like ever. I think, I think it's interesting because going in, everyone went, "Can Anthony Davis stay healthy? Can these? Can LeBron stay healthy after the groin yep. and everything?" Yep. And then no one's even looking at. Kawhi's missed 18 games, Paul George missed 23 games, yep. and Lou Williams missed four games here. Like these guys haven't played together at all. At all, right. yeah. So yeah, legitimately. their chemistry is going to be off yep. going into the playoffs, yep. and they just like Absolutely. don't know how to play together. Oh, I, I completely understand for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Now the reason we're breaking this down, right? Especially the Pistons are in tankathon mode, oh, clearly. Yeah. So there's no real point in talking Pistons basketball right now unless something crazy happens. But you know, we're you know we're getting down to the nitty gritty here next couple weeks where you're really you know it's fleshing out real quick. You know, so NBA playoffs are right around the corner. We're going to see a lot of really great matchups. I'm excited. For it. All right. Let's talk now. Let's let's shift. You know, we kind of started. We've kind of started this tradition now on the show where we kind of usually, unless something big happens, to kind of end the show on on a wrestling topic. So let's do that again today. We're talking uh, the WWE Network. Now, there's been some talk last earnings call with the WWE uh, about the WWE Network, the subscriber count, and that Vince McMahon also mentioned the potential of WWE possibly selling the rights to the streaming services uh, for their major pay per views. Now. You know, that, that would mean basically, you know, shows like SummerSlam, WrestleMania, you know, possibly the Royal Rumble, Survivor Series. Those are the core four. You know, you can maybe even see more than that. Shifting off of the WWE Network to another streaming service like Amazon. I've heard HBO has been in talks, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's supposed to be, if anything does happen, it'll be announced some point sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, Mike, does that completely defeat the purpose of owning the WWE Network? Because I, personally... If they got rid of those shows, whether they're good or not is not the point. There's not enough around mm. for me to like subscribe continuously yeah. throughout the year after that. I agree. Um, I think when they started the network, I think yeah. it was a very good idea to have, because you put NXT strictly on the network with right. their takeovers. Right. So if you're an NXT fan, that's why you got it. You put the pay-per-views on. And they even had good originals, like you have... Your twenty four series and three sixty five. Yeah, that you absolutely. Have. But you also had the countdowns and the rivalries right. and the, all yeah. these different shows that they would do. Right. So then you're like, oh, I have a mass of my content that I can watch and keep me wanting That's to new go. That's content. So let even, alone all the old so, stuff. Yeah. So yeah. even if you got rid of pay per views, if you still did rivalries once a month yeah. and you did this show once a month and you did more twenty fours and you did more documentaries with having um, takeovers and stuff still on the network, mm-hmm. I think that would be enough. But they stopped doing all these documentary series. All they have is Ride Along going mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. which I find amazing that that's the one that they stuck with. Yeah, they, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that they haven't. I mean, they do the 365s like once a year, and then they, these 24 sevens they don't do nearly as do much. They, they don't do nearly right. as enough. Yeah. And then they stopped doing countdowns and rivalries. Yeah, and all the yeah. Podcasts I haven't seen an original like. Remember they used to do all of the. Um, 
the the like the individual guy documentaries, you know, yeah. like the two three hours. You know, he did Bret Hart, like, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, they also did like WrestleMania rewinds, right? And yeah, exactly. Stuff, like, and those. we don't get any of that yeah. anymore. So, it's all gone. So that's the reason why NXT is now on live TV, right? So you can either record it or watch it live on USA Network. Exactly. So I think for all of those reasons, I think there's not enough because now the only thing that's keeping you on is okay. Now I get my monthly pay per view. And you don't really watch much after that, but yep. now you take that off. Yep. So you like all the bases that you put the yep. network on. Yep. You don't have any of that working right. for you anymore. Exactly. Besides takeovers, yes. Which I feel like a takeover. Yeah, but is I'm gonna then fine. If you want to watch the takeover, fine. I'm gonna pay ten bucks to watch the takeover event, yeah. and I'll have it for the month or whatever. And then but, that, but then, I'm, the and then I'm done. Comes. And then I'm done until quarterly. yeah, exactly. So I have no incentive otherwise. It, you do, you're not putting on enough good original content, and you're not putting out enough just good content alone. Yeah. Like, I I can honestly say there were years where like I'd want to watch a backlash. Video. I like I would have paid the fifty nine dollars to watch a backlash pay per view. Mm-hmm. Right? There were years where I would have done that. Now, no freaking way. It mm-hmm. ain't happening. Right? Like it, it, we even do this show every week, and that's part of our responsibility. On this show is to watch as much as we can and get as much content and do all these things. I still ain't happen. I'll read you the results off Wikipedia. I'll read reviews and I'll go, all right, I'll get highlights somewhere. I ain't paying for it, all right? This is not happening. You get rid of WrestleMania and those kind of shows, you, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. And that's coming from a guy who I, I love wrestling. I'll watch it till the day I die. But you're not you're not selling me on paying $10 a month for nothing. I'm not, I'm not paying for crap. I don't need to see Raw replays from two weeks ago. I don't, that's, not, yeah. that's not why I'm coming to the dance. You know what I mean? So... If there is some, unless they go to like an Amazon Prime, but once again, you're forcing people now to pick another thing. It just doesn't. I don't see it making a lot of long term sense for the for the average fan, right? The average fan maybe doesn't buy the WWE Network. It's the it's the fan that wants everything. I want the old stuff. I want the new stuff. I want everything in between. Give me it. Don't don't mess with it. It's mm-hmm. finally at a point now where I feel like everyone's like, okay, the network's cool. Yeah. Like we're good. Like there's not there's not buffering issues up the Wazam. I'm gonna say that, and we're gonna watch Takeover tonight, and it's gonna be a disaster. But you know, there's not a lot of you know performance issues or whatever. It's just it's just there, and it's there, and it's reliable. We can watch whatever we want when we want to watch it. Don't mess with a good thing. All right, yeah. it just don't. All right, just leave it alone, please. Mm-hmm. Love God. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. All right, that is gonna be it for this week's episode. Next week, obviously, we're gonna talk the fallout from NXT. Of course, we'll have another marks on mock draft. Lots of potential other topics coming your way next week. For the missing whaleman, for the Merc Zone, yeah. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.